0: Thank you because sickness will depart at the arrival of your word. Thank you because disease will leave this service in the name of Jesus. Thank you because the hopeless will find hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you because there shall be financial breakthrough in this service today, and your name alone will be glorified. And the people of God say, "Convincing." Amen. Let our amen be a better amen. Hallelujah! Look at your neighbor with an eye for eyes and said, "I am glad you came to church this morning." Uh, with a good eye five. I'm glad you came to church this morning. Amen. You may be seated comfortably in the presence of your father in heaven. Okay. I would so desire that we try and settle down as quickly as we can because we don't have the generosity of time that we usually enjoy on Wednesday service. Um, this service is expected to this session of the service, which is the delivery of the word should not be more than 40 minutes. Unlike Wednesday service where sometimes we have it close to 50 minutes. Therefore, the need for you to settle down with a sense of seriousness and intent will be required because God would only move in the direction of expectations. Expectation would always bet a move of God on behalf of anybody. Therefore, please be deliberate to be expectant. Because in any case, you have nowhere to go in the next 40 minutes. So just sit down and stay focused on God's word. The Bible was clear when it said, looking up to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And one of the reasons why the word of God is significant this morning is that God will not do anything without the word in his mouth everything that god will create or will do is a byproduct of his spoken word and therefore, if you have a non attitude towards God's word, then invariably you have ignored what God is able to do in your life. So be serious and tell your neighbor with an elbow and say, please don't distract me. It's just 40 minutes of concentration that is needed. Give that neighbor a good elbow and say, please don't distract me. I need to concentrate on what God is set to do in this service this morning. Uh, in a place of grace and privilege and a very wholesome opportunity and honor that we not take for granted because every time you have a chance to stand on a platform, never forget that the platform is not the brick or the terrazzo or the tiles. The platform is the combined labor of many years of someone. The platform is effort and integrity of somebody that you're standing on. Somebody and people put their life, their money to ensure that this platform is established. The grace Chora contributed to the quality of this transform of this platform. The instrumentalists contributed to the quality of this transform. The ushers and every leader in the house, they made this, transform in, this platform in such that you can listen. Therefore, I standing on it, not because I am the best, but all is done by the grace of God. And I want to say a big thank you so very much, first and foremost, to our own very father in the house, the visioneer, the sex man, the man who has nurtured some of us to where we are right now. I want to say a big thank you to our senior pastor for such a great, grand opportunity. And I would want the... Those who take pictures and those who take cameras. So please take this picture of this boy standing on this pulpit this morning because my generation have told me would have to see that your father was a fantastic clergyman. So I want to say amen. I want to say a big thank you to my senior pastor. It's such a great honor. Very big honor. And I will not take it for granted. You have nurtured us. You have trained us. We didn't enter this church talking this way. We didn't enter this church with this level of affluence and grace. We listened to you. We obeyed you. And then today we stand as someone that is called the general of the faith. Someone say amen. My great associates. The uncommon gifted man, the multidimensional talented, Pastor Itafia. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, you know Pastor Itafia is worth hearing. Uh, And today, I will give a different flavor to his touch of teaching this morning. Someone say amen. I appreciate my colleague in the ministry, Pastor Itafia. And of course, all the senior pastors who have gone ahead of us, Pastor Kola right now is delivering the service of the kingdom on the island church. That's one man you should listen to. He taught one particular Wednesday service about Peter, sensibility, and wisdom. Imagine that Peter was released from a prison by an angel that he didn't know how it happened. And he got to the city of the gate and he stood there and stood there because the angel had gone. He didn't know what else to do. And jokingly, Pastor Kola said, if you were Peter, what would you have done? And I said, if he stay too long at that city gates. <laughs> they will catch him again and return him. An amazing way he comes to bring life into God's story. A blessed man of God, Pastor Kola. Celebrate him, whatever he's doing right now. And I know the Amen. grace of God is with him. Amen. And we want to appreciate Pastor Yomi and, of course, his able, able assistant, Pastor Ju Chiamaka. God bless. Good work they are doing on the island church. Amen. Oh. And of course, all the headers in the church, all the leaders in the church, everyone, God has made you such a great instrument to ensure that this assembly is together. Some of us have been around for five years, six years, seven years. God, will continue to reward your labor of love in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I I need you to please stay closely with me as we open the scripture for this beautiful morning in the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, bring your Bible out, your e-Bible and your hard copy Bible. If you have a writing part, please bring it together with it because there will be some very quality writing in this service this morning. Genesis chapter 4, I bring the reading of the word from verse 3. You may be seated, um, which of course you're doing already, but uh, stay concentrated. Okay, Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to be reading from verse 3 to the whole of verse 12. In the process of time, It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. I'm sure this is a familiar story. All right, verse. Let's go forward, please. Okay. Verse four, and Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flocks and of that and of the fat thereof. And the Lord, listen attentively, friends. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Hmm. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very rough, and his countenance fell. Verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, 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 why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin, lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. Hmm. Verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. (laughs) And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I don't know. I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said again, why are why hast thou done? Or what hast thou done? Please listen to that line. The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from where? From the ground. And now, because of that blood that is crying, and now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brothers, brother's blood from the hand. Verse 12, when thou
1: tillest
0: the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee a strength, a fugitive, and a vagabond, shall there be in the heads. What a story. What a story. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had an awesome adventure of God's word in this church since the beginning of this year. By my counting, today is the last Sunday in the month of August, a triumphant journey all the way from January till date. You would agree with me that between January and date, a lot has happened to too many people, to so many people. Diverse incidents and events. Some go bad on the ugly. For you to be seated on that chair today is an evidence, a clear proof of divine faithfulness to have triumphantly journeyed through the walls and the towers and all the towers to be seated there. It's a good place to say, Jesus, thank you. And I can say also that the faithfulness of God will not expire over our lives. That between now and the end of December, you will still be seated there celebrating heaven with your hands open and give God all the glory. We've had an awesome adventure in God's world since the beginning of the year. And the primary purpose of every word of God is to create transformation in our lives. Now listen, you don't get the best of an orange if you can squeeze it. Because until you can squeeze it, the juice will not come out. James 1.22 was very clear. He said it is okay to hear God's word, but it is better to do God's word. Because until you do the word, the benefit is hidden from you. The proof of God's testimony, the integrity of God's word, is predicated in you doing what He has said. Because when you do it, you activate testimony. So if you're seated here this morning and then there is scarcity of testimony somewhere in your storyline, then let us just question how much of those words have you done? You cannot delegate the responsibility of doing God's word to your pastor it's your responsibility. He has a duty to deliver the word. You have a duty what, to do the word. Because the scripture was clear in that Isaiah 1.18, that if you're willing and obedient, then you can enjoy. Enjoyment is tied to what obedience. So if you want to increase enjoyment level in life, all you need to do is improve on your doing of God's word. Now listen. Adventure of God's Word came from January, and I'm going to be able to capture some of the blockbuster titles. You know those who watch movie blockbuster movies. You will recall that sometimes on the course of this year we had a teaching on wisdom series. You remember that as much as you should demonstrate the power of God as a believer as a tool to discourage the enemy, you also need to realize that there is a place for what wisdom. Remember that teaching, wisdom series. And if you have stayed on that, the Bible was very clear, among many things the man of God said, is that if you lack wisdom, the solution is in that same James chapter 5 that says, ask, and then you will receive it. Because wisdom is a defense. Wisdom is the principality. Many things cannot be accomplished without the ingredients of what? Wisdom. There is no benefit in foolishness. Is that what they said? Very correct. Then when we were done with that dimension of revelation, we moved to a particular one that is called what? The little foxes. You remember that particular series? Saying that you might have a lot of strength being able to attend to big things. But there are some very small, 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 small details in your life. Um, For instance, small details as not having sufficient time in the place of prayer. You want to go to work in the morning. You just get up, take a bath. Lord, I commit today into your hand. Be with me as I go. I come back. That is not sufficient for the journey of the day. It is required of you to wake up at least as early as 5.30. Spend quality 30 minutes with God in personal devotion. Then you can start your day. Little, little foxes. Little foxes in character. Little foxes in talk. Little foxes can be the major hindrances why things are not happening yet. And I remember that at a particular meeting, the man of God spent quality time that we would not just teach it, we would also pray it. And then he prayed the little foxes. Then, another teaching came after the little foxes. You remember, because of this... And the crux of this message was simply there is something you can do differently that can call the attention of God out of the usual protocol. God is the God of protocol. The Bible told us of the story of of a woman who was not on the itinerary of Jesus. And Jesus was going to attend to another person concerning his needs. And the lady from nowhere thought, after being tired and fatigued and and completely frustrated from all the physicians and the doctors. He told himself, enough of all these doctors, enough of all these pastors and prophets praying for me to get healed. It is time to take my destiny into my hand. And she told herself that I hear that Jesus is passing by. I'm going to do everything I can to touch the hem of his garments. Without the voice of a pastor, without the voice of a prophet, she made up her mind. And she interrupted the flow of things. And because of that, Jesus paused and said, who touched me because of this? And the, the man of God gave diverse examples of because of things you could do. Because of you entering the restroom, you see it in a mess, and God was watching. If you will either abandon the restroom the way it is, take a walk away, or you will pause and say, This is my father's house, let me clean it. And God looked at it and said, Because of this you have done, I will bless you. Now, friends, listen to this. It is only God that can tell you because of that this. You don't know what you will do that will get his attention, but it is required of you to always do it. Because of this. When we were done with this fantastic message, we moved to another one. Remember? The kingdom principle of prosperity. Yay! It was explosive. It was intimidating. And at the end of that series of teaching that we have, because it happened on a Sunday and then continued on a Wednesday. Alright? And the cross, the center of that message, that the Antidote to poverty is still giving. You are not receiving because there is no harvest. There is no harvest because you have eaten the bread as against planting the seed. Is that not what was said in that message? And the man of God said that this is a principle that is not just a prerogative of believers, it's a principle that if everybody can apply it, it will work. Therefore, You probably will not be born again, but if you obey the law of giving, it will work for you. And you can be born again and remain a stingy person, it still will not work for you. The law of giving is is universal. If you give, you will receive. If you have difficulty in giving, then you should also have difficulty in receiving. In fact, from my experience, I've observed that those who like to receive the most are those who are finding it difficult to give. They are quick to say thank you. Nobody ever told them thank you. God will introduce this series of message, particularly when he got to this point, is that every time there is difficulty of farming in the land, or God would allow farming in the land, please pay attention to this, particularly to the entrepreneurs in the house. One of the reasons why God would allow farming in the house is because he wants to reduce the monopoly of wealth in the hand of the few. It's because the pyramid of wealth has to be adjusted. Are you with me? Now, God wants to distribute the wealth... Who wants to adjust it in a dimension where it is different. And only for those who can tap through it with the seed of giving would we'll benefit from it. Of it, And so we enter that teaching. The kingdom principle. Now, I will not surmise or give a total synopsis of all this if I have not made a quote of something pastor said during the wisdom series. Listen to this. Please listen to this one. He said, if you ever made success in your life, And you are not able to repeat it again. At best, it is luck. Anybody can recall that? What guarantees you a seasonal success is your understanding of the principle that produced the first one. So we know that don't bother your mind to look for the results. Spend energy learning the principles. Because if you did day you understand the principle, it positions you well to be able to repeat it over and over again. And not just at that, then you are able to transfer it to your children. Some of us are raising children that we're leaving them, leaving them to the winds of luck. What you are saying to that child is, go and try your luck. While well, there are some children, I will give a very vivid example. There is nobody born of the royal family of UK that their life is a product of luck. From the age of five, they train them in royalty. They teach them the principle of how to become who they were designed to be. You can't leave your child to the wings of luck. You must establish them in the principle. Train up your child in the way he should go. That is not luck. Because when he is old, he will not depart. That is not luck. There are principles that were ingrained into the child. Principles it's all you should try and pick. For example, the principle of prosperity remains giving true or false. So, be an enemy of giving, then you can be an enemy of, of prosperity. If, I, I I don't understand why. if fact, one of the proof that you are a poor person is in your reluctance to give. Go and find out those that are very wealthy. It called Am I correct? What is it called, John in English? No, you pardon. This young boy was raised in a dory. When you are dory, you, you, you must speak the language. When you see a man who is naturally greedy, greedy, he wants to pack everything, whether it is useful or it is useless, just to gather it, just to smile. Because their pride and self-esteem is defined by what they have. And the Bible was clear, he said, the life of a man is not, not consistent in what he has gathered. Principle that liberates a man's souls. Today, on this morning, I want to introduce another simple principle the, simple, the principle of good health is what a merry heart doeth the body good like what you can't be constantly merryful you know merry yeah your heart is constantly light and full of peace and joy sickness will have no place in your body it's a principle why are you sad the sadder you are the more vulnerable your body will be to sickness. Be happy. Be happy. Because the more merciful you are, the healthier you will be. It's a principle. Today, there is another principle. This, this principle is very is very common. You can preach it. You can talk it. Anybody can discuss it. You can profess it, but not possess it. It is called the principle of what?
1: Forgiveness.
0: I imagine that a man will journey all the way from January and go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and there will never be a point in the course of the divine banquet or divine dish or all the preaching in the church, and they will never touch on the need and the necessity of the power of forgiveness. I will tell you that no sermon is complete for a whole year if you are not taught that forgiveness can be such a major concept to define the outcome of your life. Some are having insomnia, some are having indigestion, inferiority, complex disease, and, and cancer, all sorts. If you ever trace it to the root, there is a bottled offense, some vengeance somewhere, that every time they remember someone that offended them, even their gall, their bile, everything mixed up, and, and there is a churn, and there is this and bitterness, that I will kill him. Mama, don't choke yourself. Don't choke yourself. Don't choke yourself. Okay. The story we just read. For all of us intelligences, who can raise his hand up and give you one justification? Why Cain killed Abel? Ah. Okay, Abel. I, I no, let's even play the story back a little. The Bible told us that when they presented their gift and offering, and God being the supreme judge of the gift, because I didn't think um, Abel knew God was going to accept it. I didn't think. Um, um, uh, knew nobody actually knew just the same way all of us in the church give offering tithe and everything. God, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I love the choice of word in King James. He didn't tell us that God rejected it, He said God did not respect it. They are respectful giving. How can you bring that dirty ton offering and say, God, well, you know, they are taking it to bank? No, you have missed the point. The money, the money is not what you give. the money is not no, no, you missed the point King James did not tell us I don't know of any other version even if version said God did not accept it but I love my King James and I will stay there he said God did not respect it respect is not same as refusal. I just didn't like the attitude in which you gave the money Paul tried to convince us to say don't give grudgingly why why are you acting like I have to survive on the one error you are giving me? Does God survive on your own thousand error? God does not survive on those money you give. God is just looking at you and saying, nothing would ever be sufficient if I don't multiply it in your hand. Therefore, now, let's be attentive here, friends. Okay, so, both of them now met on the field. And I try to imagine the kind of conversation that would have ensued between them. Maybe, Cain would have told um Abel. Hmm, Abel, now wow, you imagine what God told me? He said he didn't like my offering. So I try and imagine what Abel would have replied. Maybe Abel would have said, Ah, eh, that shouldn't be a problem. Now go and get another one. Ask him which one he wants. Is that not a logical thing that should really you should have asked the young man? If, if God accepted this one, he didn't accept this one. And you are complaining that I didn't. So I think you should just ask the guy. Like some of us who say. Oga, okay, you, you are prospering, you no? Know? Rather than you saying you are prospering, I will show you. you. You think you know more than me? No, that is a Cain spirit. What Abel, sh- what Cain should have asked a- um, 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 Abel is that, what did you do differently? And Abel would have said, well, if I honestly tell you, I know it also. Well, it would appear like I had always known. Just go and ask God. God, what exactly do you? want you know i leave a word for someone's spirit here you need to go home and tell god what do you want from me and you know the truth because of this for that little instruction that message you ask him he will tell you what to do now lo and behold i don't i don't think the conversation ended very well or peacefully so abel I don't know what Abel, what Abel answered. Maybe Abel said, Go away. Go away. I'm only telling you. You'll be doing ya, 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 ya. Now you are giving your nonsense suffering. Ya, 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 ya. Because I am not too sure that Abel would have said something. Because the Bible said, a soft answer turned away wrath.' rough. I am not sure Abel spoke something soft. I'm not sure. I know I was not there. I'm just imagining. Because for that guy to have been provoked to the point that he could kill him, something must have ensued that the guy didn't like uh, well, I don't know. Uh, but then, the action, the reaction, would you justify it as the need to murder him? Now, he murdered the guy, the first murder in the Bible. Over what? Over what offense? That God accepted something God did not accept. For. Now, in the mind of Cain, he would have presumed that it was over. True or false? The almighty God when I read the story, I said, God, you know, the, the, the part of you I will never understand is why do you sometimes allow evil to just happen? Because you know the truth? God could have prevented Cain from killing him. Friends, you will never be a victim in life. Let me pray it the way Yoruba person will pray it properly. I'm, Pardon me, I'm from Idori, On those days, very far, please. I should be a town in a year. You know those kind of funny Yoruba movies you watch? That the witch would have killed everybody in the family. We clean them, we clean them, clean them. The, the, the witch will not get to one place. When I want to kill one. But when I say, you can't kill me, you can't kill me. And then they will not catch the witch. What are the other people that has been killed? Every attempt of the enemy upon your life. One attempt. even as they are thinking it, heaven will disgrace them. Now so I marveled. I said, why didn't God stop this guy from killing him? God kept his calm and cool. He killed him. He probably buried him. And then he thought it was over, and the man was going and said, "Go, come, come. Let me ask you Did God call him to tell him he killed his brother? Why do you think God called him? God called him simply because listen, listen very attentively. God called him because at the time Cain suddenly died, that he killed his flesh, which is what he thought he did. The spirit man became a voice, and the voice went to God said would well, you not fight for my cause? Somebody just buried me untimely. And the Bible said, I hear the voice of Cain, Abel, and from that day, the voice, whatever Cain said by his spirit, was exactly what God instructed on the life of Cain. Cain must have told Abel must have told God, make sure that Cain never prosper. Make sure that every time Cain is stealing the soil, which is where the food came from, it will never yield its full capacity. All the curses that the voice of Abel was saying, heaven just released it over Cain. And that day, that was what we call vengeance. vengeance. Ladies and gentlemen, as we are all seated here right now, you can't sincerely tell who you have offended. You can't sincerely tell who he is every time he looks at your picture, he pronounces a curse upon you. You can't sincerely tell. Now. Now, what I've just said, hold on to it as we move on. So while I remember and I read through this scripture, and the Lord said, teach them forgiveness. Because there are two categories of people seated here. Those that need to be forgiven, and those that need
1: to forgive.
0: And I said, Lord, is it possible for us to live as human beings, and there will be no need for this subject matter forgiveness? He said, it's impossible because so long you are humans offense will happen in the book of matthew chapter 17 read it very well i read it again quickly matthew chapter 17 god was able to explain to me matthew chapter 18 verse 17 matthew chapter 18 verse 7 rather matthew chapter 18 just want to establish that it is impossible for us not to need to forgive each other because there is no forgiveness without creation of offense there is no forgiveness without offense in motion. Look at what he said here. Woe unto the world because of what? Offenses. For it was what? It must come. You are bound to be offended in life. In fact, I love the way a man of God puts it. He said, if you are going to become anything great in this destiny, in this world, if your destiny will be great, then be ready for great offense. If you don't want to be offended at all, two things must happen to you. You are either deaf or blind. True or false. If you don't want to be offended at anything, you are either what? Deaf. Because as I'm speaking now, the person that doesn't understand Yoruba will never be offended with what I've said though. If you are, if you are among uh, another language speaking people, like you are a Yoruba man and you went to the north and you don't understand Ahusa, and one of the Ahusa man say, "Shege Parawo! Trust me, if you don't understand what he said, you are likely going to be smiling. Am I correct? One of the most complex language in Nigeria is the Kalaba akwaibon language. If you ever went there and said, you will just be smiling if you don't understand it. In fact, they can say, which could mean get away, naughty boy, and they say Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you don't want to be offended, you would have to be deaf and you have to be blind. Be blind. If someone said to you, if you're, God forbid, being blind, and someone said to you like this, and you can't see, you will not be offended. But so long as these two organs are still at work in your life, you can hear and you can see, you will be offended. When offense is not well managed, it will result to what? Vengeance. And when vengeance has its full cause, it becomes unforgiveness. The largeness of your destiny is proportional to your threshold. Of how you can handle offense or pain. God will never promote a man beyond the threshold level of handling offense or pain. People will offend you. People will talk all sorts. Till this morning alone, thousands of people must have offended everybody. Thousands of people, nonsense government, silly government. Imagine that man up there, decide to attend to everybody. He won't last. You are just here. And the only reason why, you know, I I, marvel how people live, destroy a whole destiny, abandon a whole destiny, make a shipwreck of a whole destiny because somebody said, You are such a stupid boy I've never seen in my life. And then because of that, see I will never relate with you again. And then I will ask you a question. No matter where you go, they will yet offend you there. One of the most delicate of the tongue is here. Surrounded by a very powerful cage called a set of teeth. Occasionally they bite each other. Am I correct? So the reality here is that you cannot be 100% immune or insulated from being offended. So long you desire to become something, offense will come. There is a songwriter called Ebenezer Obey. He sang a song I will never forget. He said... Anybody help me with that song? Please? You know that song, yeah. uh, uh, What's that song now? That if you if you bought a bicycle for your son, and your son refused to borrow his friends, from that moment, they would take offense with your son. You know there's a song like that from Ebenezer. Be. The truth I want to say to you, father can offend daughter, true of us ah i have seen it before some some daughters will never forgive their father because they had an expectation from their father that the father never meant and because of that they will take offense the truth of the matter is that you are justified because there is nothing the an innocent man is a friend to justice true or false justice is not activated if there is no offense am i correct here you have so much expectation from your mother Let's turn the table around. Some mothers hold their children in deep offense that today that child can marry, that child can't have children because the mother is so sad about what the child did at a little girl of five. Five year old girl offended the mother and the mother held it. Now, pay attention. If you read that scripture, he said, Woe unto him through whom the offense came. I have observed also from the, my knowledge of offense management. Because the reality is that the spirituality of a church is, is predicated on how well they manage offenses the spirituality of any community is determined by how well they manage offenses the strength of organization is in their damage control mechanism because damages will happen in organization offenses will happen between human beings like we all know for those who are entrepreneurs the strength of every organization is not in the mission statement it's in the human capital true or false manage every human being very well then you position them for proper productivity but well, human beings can be very complex because of some of us, the trivial thing can trigger offence. Offences like he didn't say hello on time. Have you even seen where husband and wife fight because the husband didn't pick his call on time? Say I called you four times. What did you do? Why did you pick it? Hello, the phone could have been anywhere else, and the whole day will be reeled for that thought. them because they leave us in the morning that old day can be wrecked you know hug honey bye goodbye and then that day you forgot to hug her you have done for the whole of that day she's in a sad state it is not because it's wickedness it's because she's weak emotionally so you gotta be sensitive to say honey have I hugged you today no no here come come and take it come on take that hug quickly come and take it quickly Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 talked about weak brethren amongst us. Weak brethren will take offense easily. Hebrews 3, 12. Another reason why some people get so offended easily is because they are very petty. Anybody have had a disease called OCD? Obsessive compulsive desire. It is disorder. It's so terrible that when you stand before anybody with such disease and your tie, you know this tie, goes this direction, they can start to frown. And you are wondering, what's the matter? So can't you just adjust your tie? Weight? What's that? And you are wondering, ah, it's my tie. My tie. Poor management offenses is a terrible barrier to the growth of any man. You are not moving forward because the weight of offense has kept you down. Because the enemy of height is weight. You can't fly with a heavy body. Destiny cannot be lifted. When everything, even as I'm talking, some people can even take offense. Once look at his shoe. Petty people, very petty, very petty, very petty. Everything makes meaning to them. Don't kill yourself. Chuck it out. Excel it. I heard of a joke. He said a man that has one tire, driving one tire with his car. That man will never drive drive, drive rough on the highway. Why? Because he has no spare tire. He will not drive rough. If he sees even nylon, he would avoid the nylon. Why? Because he knows that he has only one spare tire. Hello, no, you have only one spare life. Don't drive rough with offense. don't don't nobody deserves to determine and control you with their behavior or their belief system stop taking offense your husband has a life you also have a life you only agree to share happiness if you refuse to take his own you enjoy
1: your own (laughs)
0: offense we have seen people die in the hospital Doctors we say we don't know what to do. And this is the last statement that we make. Let him fight for his life. And I read in the book of Proverbs 18. It said the spirit of a man will sustain him in the day of infirmity. Now listen. If your spirit is all loaded and plagued with bitterness, envy, irritation, inferiority complex. How do you survive it when ordinary typhoid hits at you? And then, usually, when you even sit down and look at every one of the that have offended you, the reality is that some of them have even forgotten forgot that they ever did anything wrong to you. And they have moved on with their life. And you are dying in dimension. You are dying in pain. Another Greek word for forgiveness is exhale. Exhale it. Talk to your neighbor and say, Exhale it. Say, Let it go. Let it go. You look fine when you are smiling. The doctors tell us that it takes 15 nerves to frown. Over a thousand nerves. It takes 15 nerves to smile. Over a thousand nerves to frown. You are looking too old for your age because smile is scarce. Scarcity or smileness is showing on your face. Why are you not smiling? Is the world not beautiful? It's a beautiful world. Look at the weather. Look at everything. It's so... Mwah. And the only reason why you are depriving yourself of this benefits is because somebody said somebody somebody said listen gentlemen you deserve to be happy you deserve to be happy what a beautiful church we have what a beautiful church look at my beautiful wife over there baby smile this boy is proud of you you know my pastor loves you My pastor, every time I call my pastor, you say, "Say me well to your beautiful wife. Please don't take offense after this service. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Offense is part of life. You can't. So long you're alive, people will offend you. Develop a mechanism. Develop an insulation against it. In reality, those who bring offense at you, the only intention is to destroy you if you hold on to it. Don't. The moment you can exhale it, you can spit it out, you can let go, the better it is for your life. I have realized that any human being will not attain the fullness of his destiny if he holds on to the grudge, the baggage, and the luggages of offense. Marriages will be better if they don't keep record of offense. Relationship will last longer if they don't keep record of... You know, some people are so gifted with the ability to recall 15 years' offense. We can't talk forgiveness if you have not managed, if you don't understand the management of offense. Because after preaching forgiveness, out of that door, if not a conductor or a marwa, a marwa will upset you. We are not on the same platform. That is the attitude to manage offense. Just go. If we understand this, then we move then to what? Forgiveness. I would like to ask a question. And please be attentive to this question. Is there anybody seated amongst us, both old and young, this morning, that has never prayed a prayer of, Lord, have mercy on me? If you have never prayed that prayer before, up until this moment, that prayer simply says, "Lord, have mercy on me." Anybody that's never prayed that prayer before, okay? If you have ever, if you have, you have prayed that prayer before. Lord, have mercy on me. Can I see your hand up? Wow. I will speak to Grandma, who is a legal luminary. Would there be need for mercy if there is no offense? Would there be need for mercy if there is no, if someone is not guilty? So whoever must have prayed, have mercy on me, means he has acknowledged that is guilty of a sin. True or false? Now, Matthew five seven. Can we bring it up quickly? Matthew five verse seven. Matthew five verse seven. Could you help me? Blessed are who for they shall what? Now you you want mercy from God but you are merciless to another human being. Me only daddy to say, I will never, in fact, in my graveyard, I will never forgive you. I have heard people talk like that. I have heard mothers say that to their own children. When unforgiveness upholds a man, the issue is not that they don't know they should forgive. The problem is that they can't deal with the feeling of hurt. You don't know what he did now. If you ever know what he did, let me try it on you. And let me and tell me if you will forgive. I will not be able to give all of the best instances or examples or illustrations to drive home the gravity of the pain you must have felt from someone who disappointed you. I have a, a staff of mine was crying in the office 4 days ago. We finished the morning devotion and she started to cry. And I went to meet her. "Why are you crying?" She said I'm 28 i had about four relationships. All of them broke my heart. I have one right now. I don't know if it will work. And that moment, because I was praying for this message, by divine revelation, I said to her, all of those four suitors in the past, which one of them offended you the most? He said, is that last one? That last one, we stayed my years for four years. Four years we were dating. He promised to marry me. All of a sudden, he said, he's no longer interested. I said, you know the truth? There can be no creation of a new future if the pollution of the past will not stop polluting it. You are polluting your future with the error of you know, forgiveness is not a sin of tomorrow. You really don't forgive someone that has not offended you because it's offense is either a now or past. There is no need to for I can't come and meet you that I've forgiven you and you'll be looking at me, forgive me for what? Am I correct? It's just logical. God will not design a new tomorrow for you when you have not ended the problem of today. Now, usually, what we do is that we carry today in the, in the vehicle of unforgiveness. We carry it over to tomorrow. So, in reality, people don't live tomorrow, they just leave a carryover to yesterday. People don't live in the tomorrow. So, we have those categories of people that they don't live, they exist. They just exist. Because if you are living, life is sweet to live existing, you'll be living in pain and sorrow. That's existing. Why? Because there is a forgiveness luggage that you have moved forward. I told her, please forgive that boy. He said, how we forgive, how we forgive, how we forgive. As she was saying it repeatedly, she started to cry. Meaning the demon that held on to that part of her started to feel uncomfortable. And the demon was moving back a little. And then as the demon was leaving, moving back, she was enjoying freedom and liberty. Her soul was coming alive. Yes, I we forgive. I started to cry. I said, the next thing you need to do is pick up a call. Pick up your phone. Maybe somebody will need to do that in this service. Pick up your phone and say, "I want to let you go. It's okay. I forgive you.
1: Oh, even you.
0: Even you." You will feel light, meaning Isaiah chapter 49, I believe, verse 26. He said, Even the lawful captive shall be set free. The word lawful there means you deliberately locked up yourself by yourself. I said, Call the boy, I say, I forgive you. Forgiveness is so essential for the manifestation of the beauty of God in your life now. You cannot claim you need forgiveness if you have not shown someone mercy. You can't be saying, God, have mercy. I know one thing I love about the mercy of God. Listen to this. In Malachi chapter 3, I believe, he said, the mercy I gave you yesterday, I renew it today. Because my mercies, they are what? New if you need every money, you, you survive based on every money in mercy. Why does it take you so long to let go somebody? And you hold somebody in grudges for four years. You know the damage? You know the damage? Your last forgiveness is the last demonstration of mercy. I have narrated this story here before. Of a woman who had, was trusting God for fruit of the wound for 12 years. I have narrated it here during the midweek service. And the boy died around two o'clock at the pool, somewhere in a hotel down there. Because you will marvel that how can a boy stroll and enter a pool and there's no one around to rescue the boy. Finally, they find the boy and brought the boy out. The boy was dead. And they rushed, rushed, took the boy to one of the camp to pray. The senior pastor in the house came out to pray for the little boy. While they were praying for the little boy, please pay attention. While they were praying for the little boy, the man of God said, The Lord just told me that this mother, this woman, that our bank of mercy is empty. Because there are some some disaster and tragedy in life that you will not even be able to pray, but only the mercy of God will deliver you. And as a result, there was nothing they could do. His his mercies, they are new every morning. Which would you choose? Either to forgive a man or to hold on to the mercy of God. Dariji, a mother told a pastor, That I will not let this my child to have a child. Because as a little boy, he chose me. He chose the father over her. If you hear the reason why some people don't forgive, even you "Ah, will say, is the heart of men this wicked? Husbands don't forgive their wives. Wife won't forgive their husband. The reality of the matter is that sometimes the man is not even aware that you, you have not forgiven him. And I said to myself, who really bears the brunt? Who bears the pain of the unforgiveness? Two, two of you will, two of you, because for unforgiveness is a two-edged sword. You will not move forward, call the husband. The wife will not be healthy. All oh, for what? Yet you want God's mercy. He that will need mercy must first show himself merciful. Just, just in a moment, flashback and retrospect. Flashback and reflect. Who do I need to let go this morning? Give your neighbor a good elbow. I said, I will let him go. Or you can look at me and say, Pastor Steve, you don't understand what I've gone through. You have no clue what he did to me. I went for a program and the lady said, my husband passed on and the family members came. Till that, I'm homeless because they came. They packed everything. Pastor Steve, you are telling me to forgive such a family. I won't. Uh, And I will say, the reality is that whether you forgive or not, you still need to move forward because the big, the bigger picture of your destiny, you are not seeing it. Is only God, and for you to enter it, you can't go with this bag luggage. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. The Yoruba people will say, "Fi yeah or olon." No. Let God take control. All this, look at what the thought came. He said, "You will till, you will till, you will till the soil." Look, look, listen. Pastor Tifa made a quote that I gave you one of the last fellowship. For the fact that you are receiving something does not mean God is blessing you. Because the only blessing from God, according to Proverbs chapter 10, is that the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And I there no sorrow. He said, I will give them bread, I will give them bread, I will give them fish. I would also send leanness to their soul. There are many unhappy, rich people. Carry Gucci bag of 50,000, 250,000, But there is sorrow and pain, battling with cancer, and all kind of disease. All because they are walking in bitterness and pain. Let go this morning. Let go this morning. And let the beauty of your destiny emerge with honor. I close. Some two Tuesdays ago, we had a very special program in this auditorium. A family movie night. I many first we were around that day, that Tuesday program. And I sat here because the, the, the seats were arranged vertically like this. And I sat here. And I was watching the struggle of a man. And it wasn't just a movie, it was a true life story. I sat here and I was watching. I can't recall the last time I ever cried with such pain. I didn't know in my heart. sir. It's an open confession. I never knew, I never forgave my father. I just didn't know. You know. But I know that anytime they bring subjects on fatherhood, my my reaction is always cold and and nonchalant. It didn't matter to me. And in a way, sir, I'm also making a confession here. In a way, it affected my my flow of energy with my only son. I have this strange bond with my daughters. Why? Because a mother raised me. So she programmed the instinct of love for a mother in me. I struggled understanding the role of a father. I watched that movie that night and I was filled with rage and, and pain and tears. And I looked around the entire auditorium. It was some sort not as... The numbers were relatively scanty. And I said, Ha, ah, there is no one sermon a man of God will preach that will give you the totality of the image, the, the message in a movie. I cried that day and I told myself, Daddy, I love you. Whatever you did has brought so much pain, you acted in ignorance. You didn't know so much. Daddy, I forgive you from my heart. Even though I have never seen you, I might never see you. But I let go because that was exactly what happened in that movie the boy was struggling to be a star he was doing everything in his power he was a good singer he had a good everything was supposed to be well you know that kind of you are supposed to be married you are beautiful. what is wrong the boy had everything what is wrong you know when that kind of you are in a state where you are asking a question what is wrong with me please reflect and think somebody needs to be forgiven and let go and I sat down that day in that meeting and I cried, and cried. And when they were done with the movie, he went back home, reconciled with his father. His father reconciled with him. They forgave each other. Shortly then, the father died. But he had peace. And while he was about to wrap up his career, thinking it was becoming hopeless and impossible, an inspiration from heaven came. And he wrote a song, and that song, till date, till date, until tomorrow, became the highest-selling Christian music, uh, uh, um, um, song or track till date. All because the way you are seated, unforgiveness is like a barrier, preventing the flow and avalanche of a blessing. Once you remove that barrier, it becomes what a flood. And you be wondering, ah, imputations to your joy? What has happened to me? It's because you just removed the lid of unforgiveness. This morning, as I close, I made a special request from Minister Toy to come and take that song. And I wish somebody here would just let that stony heart be broken. Break that stony heart and say, okay, Pastor Steve, so well, you we have spoken. But I really, I really wish. Because some people will never forgive you until they see you fall down and die. Their heart is filled with that bitterness until they see vengeance. Carry that on you. They will not let go. Please. The person does not have to be destroyed before you forgive him. Let us rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. Lift our hands to heaven. Give this morning, receive grace to let go this morning, receive grace to let go this morning, receive grace to let go this morning, Lord I receive grace to forgive, I receive grace to let go this morning, Lord I receive my freedom, thank you my father, thank you my king, hallelujah to your name, blessed be your name my
1: if I speak to you, a lot of you didn't come for the movie. I was directed to show the movie. I didn't know that you wept that day. I didn't know. On Wednesday, I want you to come. Because there are people here that have heard you. They want to come to where you're are now at but they don't know how to cross can I get a witness a lot of things will happen on Wednesday you will ask your questions I will pray with you I saw somebody walking towards me fell down and started crawling just wanting to make it across this movie talks about a, a young man who was so bitter and pained. His father really offended him. But he just couldn't make it in life. Nothing worked. When he forgave his father, he wrote this song for his father. Till today, the best-selling gospel song ever. There's life beyond forgiveness. Why do you want to live in the past? The past is not even good. Why do you even want to die in the past? Not only should you come if you know somebody who needs the grace to forgive and start the better life. On Wednesday, I want you to bring them. You can ask your question. You can cry. You can shout. But on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance and the Bible says, my people will then possess their possession.
0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless us. That is the word of the Lord for us this morning. The Bible says, let those that have here, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This moment, is time to offer